Hello and welcome to Journeys in Grace. My name is Eric Hubbard. I want to thank you for joining us as we continue to study the Word of God and seek out God's plan for us in the Scriptures. For only in the Scriptures can we find His plan, His purpose, His will for us. And when we obediently follow Him and we are in the place called there. And that place called there is, is for some of us, it's a job that you should take. It's a, a church home that you should, church that you should make your home. It's the man or woman that you should marry. It's the, it's the home that God has, uh, has laid out and established for you to buy. So today, again, we're going to continue our, our um, study of feasting on Jesus. And I believe we're going to bring it to a conclusion today. So in saying that, let's go now to the scripture. And again, I want to, before we do that, I'm going to give you a couple of ways to join us. One, you can write us at Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia, 30061. Or you can email us at PastorEric523 at gmail.com. Again, that's PastorEric523 at gmail.com. So we're going to start out today in the book of John, the book that we started out in. Uh, originally, this is John, St. John, chapter 6, verse 35, and it reads, And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I say unto you, that ye also have seen me, and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For he says, for I am come down from heaven, not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And again, we focused on first number 35 when Jesus told them, told the, uh, the Pharisees and scribes and the people around him that he was the bread. As Moses, if we read the upper verses prior to this, uh, as Moses uh, prayed and God sent down manna from heaven. Jesus says, I am that bread. That's why he was saying this. He said, I am the bread of life. Because when after they ate uh, the manna, they were hungry again. When they drank water from the rock, they were thirsty again. But as Jesus not only told these um, uh, scribes and Pharisees that he was the bread of life, but remember when he met the woman uh, at the well in Samaria, when he told her that if you drink of this water that I have, you will never thirst again. And she said, give me this water. So, but if you continue to read this, we don't see where the scribes and Pharisees uh, desired the bread of life. In other words, Jesus says, I'm that bread. And when Jesus in, told them that I am the bread, if you want to be sustained, if you want to uh, 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 get to know God, have relationship with God. But that is the whole purpose, I believe, of the Bible is for us to have a personal relationship, not to have religion. And again, Jesus didn't say that, yeah, I've come that you might have religion and have religion more abundantly. No, he did not. He said, I am come that you may have life and life more abundantly. And what is life? Life is the thing that you consist. It's what you will eat, what you will put on, what you will, where you will live. Uh, all of these things are life, concerning life. But not only that, it's your spiritual life. It's that inner man which, and that inner beacon that we all have where this is, that says and knows that there has got to be something more than this. There must be a God somewhere 
as many of us said when we were, uh, when we didn't know the Lord, when we didn't have a relationship with God, we said, there's got to be something more. There's got to be more than just living. There's got to be, we couldn't have come from the Big Bang. And uh, many of you know that uh, science has this theory that eons and hundreds of thousands of millions ago, years ago, in this galaxy, there was a gigantic explosion. And out of the explosion came the earth. And out of the earth, uh, and many millions of years after that, there was water and air and atmosphere formed. And from that, uh, a life formed from the amoeba, which is just a little cell that you can see uh, under a microscope. And from that, it came uh, a slime. And out from that, man was a uh, man, man arose and over time again, over eons and millions of years. And here we are now. But I've heard it said that if you believe that you also believed that you can take all the parts from a 747 jet, you can put it in a gigantic uh, warehouse, take a bomb and blow the, uh, blow this uh, 747 up. And then after time, give it a hundred years, how many years you want to take, open the door, and that will be a fully assembled 747. Everybody on the sound of my voice knows that's impossible. And that's the same belief that those who believe that that's where we came from. I do not deny science. I do not deny medicine. I do not deny learning and things of, uh, that God has given us. But I want you to know above all knowledge, this is what scripture says. It says the weakness of God is stronger than man. And the foolishness of God is wiser than man. I believe, and as scripture has laid out so plainly for all of us to see, it says in Isaiah 35 that there is a way, the highway shall be there. It says the wayfaring man shall not go there. But it says that it is so simple, and I'm putting it in my words now, that a fool would not err. Jesus said, he, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. So what does that mean? That means he is the only way to heaven. He says that in John. He said, if a man come in any other way, he is a thief and a robber. I know there are many other religions. There are many other um, uh, uh, beliefs out there, even within the Christian world, where many are saying, well, you know, Jesus was a good, he was a good prophet. He was a good man. However, there are many ways to God. But I beg to differ, my brother, my sister, that is not what the scripture says. So in my teaching today and teaching over these last few uh, times about feasting on Jesus is all about this bread. It's all about this water. He said, he that hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall be filled. If, if you want more of God, if you want more than just the church formality and nothing wrong with the church, we all, I believe, should be in a good Bible believing a church that preaches the grace of God and the love of God and the love that we should reach out to every man, that will, every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, every, every, every race. We should make this gospel so simple that they will see the loving and kind God that we serve, that he was so loving of us, that he did not uh, uh, deny us his son, knowing that it took the blood of his son to deliver us from this evil and sinful world. The book of Revelation says in chapter 13, it says from the, from the foundation of the world, before God created the earth, he knew that somehow this man who he would give independent thought, 
who would have the ability to say, God, I will follow you. Or I, I choose to follow you, Lord. I choose to believe. Or you have the ability to say, and we all do it even now, to say, you know what? I choose Christ or I choose not to believe in Christ. What did uh, Joshua say when, as, he, as the children of Israel had, after they had entered into the, uh, entered into the promised land? He said, choose you this day. And I believe as we have entered the, the last of the last of the last days, that we are seeing choices being made where hunt, mil, ministers by the hundreds, uh, members by the thousands are forsaking God because they don't know him. They know, they know about him. But they never experience the loving God, the mighty power of God. And you can only know this by feasting on him. You say, preacher, what do you mean by feasting? It means taking this word, which is, that's who Jesus is. John 1 and 1 says, in the beginning was the word. The word was God. And everything that was made was made by him. Jesus is the word. Jesus is the bread. So when we're talking about feasting on the bread, we're talking about taking the word of God, reading it for yourself, asking God, say, Lord, give me that interpretation. Give me that revelation of who you are. I want to know you. And just give you an example. My friend and I, we were out playing golf uh, last Saturday, matter of fact. And we met this gentleman on the uh, golf course and we're just uh, getting ready to start. And we're waiting on the, the, to get ready to start our round. And somehow or another, he asked, he asked who we were and we talked to him and just, and, and, and we got, we told him we were Christians. And, and uh, he said, you know, y'all need to meet my wife. And he went on to tell us how his wife was a staunch, not only was she an agnostic who, who uh, don't recognize God, but she was an uh, atheist who are against God. He said, y'all should meet, them, meet, meet her because she doesn't believe in your God. And then he went on to say that, you know, I, 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 I had a belief in God at one time, but 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 I have so many questions. I have so many questions. And he kept saying, I have so many questions. Till finally I told him, my friend and I, we told them that, look, God, that's what God wants. He wants your questions. If you will ask God to, Lord, God, if you are God, make yourself real to me. Show me who you are. If you are God, I'll serve you. Show me. Well, I say to you, find your Bible. Bibles are free. You can write for free Bibles. Bibles are in the library. Bibles are at church. Bibles are, you know, they are free. You can buy a paperback Bible for two or three dollars. You can just get the New Testament. That's why I advise you to get and to just read. Don't worry about understanding all of the word. The word is, is life. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. Yes, they were written by man. But I believe in the book of Timothy says that holy men of God were inspired to read, to write the word of God. They were inspired. The Holy Spirit spoke to, spoke to them. And I'm not saying he, he dictated to them, but they were inspired. And they wrote these words, which brings life. They bring healing. They bring deliverance. They bring prosperity. They bring peace. These words, this Bible, which God has committed to man. Paul said it on this wise, that God chose to put his word in, in earthen vessels. What does that mean? Earthen vessels can be, can be marred, can have cracks in them. They perish easily. And that's what we have in these bodies. 
But God was so faithful to say, I'm going to I'm going to send someone just like you. Not only did he send his son who came in the likeness of men, but he gave this word to preachers, men and women, those just like myself, some with mountains or more of wisdom than I'll ever have. They've forgotten more Bible than I can, and than I even know. But yet God would use somebody like me, somebody like you, that if you would just take what God had presents to you. And just feast on the word. Just read the word. You don't have to understand the entire Bible. You just need a word from God. You say, preacher, what do you mean by a word from God? I mean a word that God will reveal to you as you read it. And ask for God. Say, Lord, what does it mean by God so loved the world? John 3.16, that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever would believe on him should not perish, would not perish, but would have everlasting life. What does that mean? What are you offering me? And if you will take that scripture and meditate on it and say, Lord, if you reveal it, I'll believe it. That's what feasting is. That's what it means to eat the word of God. For Romans, what does Romans 10 and 8 says? That whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you will call on him, you will trust him. In Romans 10, 8 through 10, through, I believe through 10 through 17, it talks about how that we are given this word. It says, the word is not thee, even in our mouth, even the word of faith which we preach. See, you have to hear the word. The word must be preached to us to, to receive salvation. I didn't mean for you, that we have to gain salvation. You just have to receive it. And this is what Jesus is giving us here in John 6, 35. He says, I am the bread of life. He that comes to me shall never hunger. That if you will take up this word, you will take it into your heart. And then he says, he that believes on me shall never thirst. He'll satisfy your every need. He'll meet you wherever you are. He didn't mean for you to go and clean yourself up and say, one day, Lord, I'm going to be, I'm going to join the church. One day I'm going to uh, get me a suit and get me a Bible. I'm going to go to church like everybody else. That's not enough. Going to church is not enough. Paying your tithes is not enough. Giving your offering is not enough. Reading your Bible every night is not enough. God wants a personal, Jesus wants a, this is what God sent Jesus so that we could have a personal Relation. What's a personal relationship? So that you will speak to God and God will speak to you. That's what it, of, of having a friend is. Having a friend is someone who would want a friend that would never talk to him. None of us have friends like that. You know, if even the deaf, well, you can learn sign language and become a friend with a, with a deaf person. Uh, with a blind person, you can be in their presence. If they can hear, you can speak to them and talk to them and describe who you are and, and they can hear you and y'all can have experiences together. But you must communicate. And that's what the father is asking from us today through the life of his son. As Jesus showed us. Corinthians says that he was God manifested in the flesh. He was the fullness of God bodily. In other words, all the love that God is, Jesus showed it. Jesus never gave anybody sickness. He never spoke a curse over anyone. He only provided life. And he said, that's what I came to do. And that's what he's asked preachers like myself, to that we would reveal grace to his church, to his body, and to those who don't know him. If you know him, you need more. You never get uh, 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 
totally full of God in this earth. There's always going to be something that we need to work on. And see, the church nowadays, you know, if, if I see you weak at any point, you know that you must have sinned somewhere. If you got cancer, if you, you know, your son's not doing right, your marriage broken up, oh, what did you do? What, 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 what's wrong? What, what, what did, how, did you, how did you offend God that you lost your job, you lost your house? Sometimes things happen. Sometimes trials come and you don't have an answer for it now. But I want to tell you, if you will stay with God, you'll be stronger. If you believe in his son, you will win in the end. Well, some of you will say, well, you know, my mom, my mom, she prayed all of her life and, and, and she prayed for a house and she didn't get it. I want to tell you, if your mama stayed in faith, she has the biggest mansion. She raised you enough that you know about God. She raised you. She raised you right enough to, to, that you knew she had a prayer life. That when she didn't have enough, you ate. When you didn't have enough, somehow mama provided. Grandmama raised you. By herself, after raising her children, and her children gave her, gave you to her. She lived the rest of her life working. And after you were grown and gone to college or got your skills or went to the army and you got a call one day and grandma's gone now. But she got you to a point that you could take care of yourself because she had finished her work. No, everybody won't be a, um, a world evangelist, a citywide evangelist or have a, a mega church. But the impact that you can make on one person, the impact of showing love, and that's what God has called us to do. And that's what Jesus emphasized, that he was available to all men. He was not a racist. What did he do? He provided love to everyone, though he came for the Jews because that was his calling. His calling was to come to the Jewish nation first. And when they rejected him, his disciples did what? They presented Christ to the whole world because that was their mission. But even while he was on the earth, when he, when he was met with faith by the Roman soldier, by the lady from uh, by the uh, uh, the lady from the Syrophoenician woman, when they came and they and the one woman spoke to him and said, "Lord, he said, Lord, my daughter is grievously vexed. She has a yes, in other words, she was saying she has a demon. She can't rest, Lord." I want your help. And Jesus told him, it's not me for me to give the, give the children's bread to the dogs. Somebody was being called a dog there. And most of us would have been offended. What'd you say? No, but she knew who she was in the presence of. What she said was what? Lord? Yeah, Lord. She said, yeah. I, I, in, in that culture, the unbeliever or the uh, non-Jew was, was unclean. Not only were they considered because they didn't know God. They worship frogs. They worship the, they worship the sun. They worship the moon. They didn't know God. But this woman, when she heard about Jesus, when she heard about what he had done, she knew I found the answer and I am not going to leave without him giving me my desire. And she said again, Lord, yea, the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master table. And Jesus answered her and said, oh, woman, he told her, your daughter is well. All is well with your daughter. And when she got home, her daughter was well, rested and peaceful because she believed on the bread. What did she say? Lord, the, 
the, the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. I just need a word from you. That's what most of us need. You just need to get a word, a revelation from God and realize that just one word. That's how simple the grace of God is. Yes, God wants us to be abundantly and, 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 and overwhelmingly full of the word of God. But if you can only remember one scripture, if you can only remember uh, Corinthians 12 and 9, 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, saying, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in thy weakness. That's what Apostle Paul said. The man, that, the most prolific, the most, the most abundant writer of the New Testament. He wrote most of the New Testament. No, not the yeah, majority of it. Because he was being buffeted by Satan whenever he went out to minister. The messenger of Satan uh, uh, persecuted him. And he once said, Lord, stop this persecution. But God wouldn't do it. That's the one thing that we all have to go through. Jesus said, if you follow me, you will suffer persecution. If they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. But what did he tell Paul? He says, my grace, that which I have put within you is sufficient. It's enough. It will get you through this if you stand. That's what God wants us to do in this day is stand, stand up. What does that mean? No, I don't mean we have to riot and try to take over the country and do, those, do all of those things. But he did say occupy. It means that we should, we should uh, be prayerful with how we vote. Be prayerful about the jobs that we take. Be prayerful in the things that we watch and those things that we support. Be, be, be prayerful about them and say, Lord, what is your will? What is your will? What, where, where should my voice be? Who should my voice be supporting? How can I help my school board? How can I help my teacher be a, uh, 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 be a bless? How can I be a blessing to her? How can I be a blessing to my neighborhood? All of these things and more. Jesus has designed for us as people of God. We have the key. When he told us occupy till I come, he meant for us to occupy, meaning what? Go into the seven pillars of the earth. Go into politics. Go into education. Go into the entertainment industry. Go into um, uh, uh, the business industry. Go into medicine. Every pillar of this church, into science, into mathematics, wherever we need to go, we need to be there representing God. So then we can be just like Daniel, a 10 times better employee, a 10 times better doctor, a 10 times better nurse, a 10 times better teacher, a 10 times better mayor, a 10 times better uh, our representative. Wherever we be, wherever we are, we must represent the kingdom. And that's what he meant by occupy. Go into those places. When he said, go into the hedges and highways to compel them to come, we got to go where they are. We must present ourselves as a positive example of what the world can be. It doesn't mean that we go out and, and promote ourselves and say, look at me. I'm better than you. I got more than you. I'm not doing, you know what? You out there living like a fool. Look at me. I'm, no. Jesus came every time he Every time he, 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 he inter, inter, interacted or had intercourse and, and, and talked with whomever they were, whether it was the leper, well, it was a sin for him to even come into the presence of someone because he was a leper. Jesus came to him and prayed for him and he was healed. 
when that woman who had the issue of blood, when she, it was a sin for her. It was not only a, 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 it was a sin for her and it was against the law for her to come out and touch anyone because she was unclean. But she got on her hands and knees because she had faith in the man that she heard about. She couldn't go to church because she was unclean. But she got on her hands and knees trusting that she would not be stoned because that was the penalty. If somebody recognized her and she's unclean, if the crowd turned against her, she could be lawfully stoned to death. The same with the woman who was caught in adultery. The law said that she must, she and the man who mysteriously somehow, both of them being caught in the very act and you can't commit adultery by yourself. She and he were caught. But she was the only one that was drug out of bed and stepped right in front of him. And they said, what are you going to do with this, Jesus? What you going to do now? Holy man, man of the people. What are you going to do now? We caught her in the very act. What say you, Jesus? But the Bible says Jesus just sat there and wrote on the ground. Because he had feasted on the word. And he knew that he was, had come for all people, for the publicans, for the sinner, for the prostitutes, for the leper, for the blind, for everyone that was, that was cast out, the nobodies. Yes, he accepted tax collectors. Let's just accept the doctors. Luke was a doctor. He accepted the educated. Saul was one of the uh, 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 chief Pharisees rising up in his career level. He accepted all of them. Saul, who became Paul later on. So Jesus didn't reject the educated, but the educated rejected him. But he always presented himself saying, come unto me. Come. And that's what, again, was feasting. And this, this teaching has been over these last several weeks. is about we're us knowing who's on the inside of me and who wants to come and fellowship with you. He's not going back in your past and bringing up all your records and say, yeah, I remember back on December 17th, you were at uh, uh, Sally's house while her husband was gone and uh, 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 you jumped out the back window and, and broke your leg and, 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 and caused Sally to get uh, beat down because her husband came in just in the nick of time catching you, but not her. God, remember, God, you know what? Jesus doesn't, he's not going to bring that up to you. You need to repent for it. You need to be saved for it. But scripture says in, in uh, the book of Hebrews, Hebrews 8 and Hebrews 10, he says, your sins and your iniquities, I will remember no more. Meaning, if you will come to me, I'll wipe your slate clean. I'll take away everything that was of your past and you will find yourself in heaven on earth. Enjoying heaven. Enjoying the peace of God. Enjoying the love of God. And this is what the disciples did. They learn to feast on Jesus. I'm just going to read a little bit of that uh, uh, today as we get ready to end. And this is in the book of Acts, 12th chapter. I mean, I'm sorry, first chapter around the, uh, around the 13th verse. Jesus had just ascended up to heaven. And now the disciples were. He told them to go back to Jerusalem and wait for the, for the promise of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Acts, first chapter, 12th verse. Then they returned unto Jerusalem from the Mount called Olivet which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in, they went into the upper room 
where both Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James the son of Matthias, Simon the Zealot, and Judas the brother of James. They all continued with, with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women, Mary the mother of Jesus with his brethren. And all of these came together. They said they were praying. They were uh, uh, seeking God. Because they were waiting on something. They were waiting on the Holy Spirit. They were waiting for God to fulfill his word that he sent through his son. So we're going down now to uh, the second chapter of Acts. Acts 2. And it says, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. They were there feasting. They were there praying and, 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 and no doubt singing and just remembering and recalling all the things that God has done. And again, those are the things that are, are called and could be called and should be called feasting. The Bible says in Revelation that we are overcome by the word of our testimony. Don't forget your days of victory. Those days that where God brought you out to where you were, uh, uh, we were down to your last meal and your children were hungry. And miraculously, God brought, you got a, a, a car full of groceries. You got a delivery and a meal, a, a meal, meals for a whole week was brought to you. You got a check in the mail. You wouldn't even expect it. You know where it came from. Somebody just gave you money and said, I felt like that uh, uh, you had need of this. Somebody gives you a car and say, I noticed you and your children riding the bus to church. And uh, I just feel I just got this extra car now. Here's the keys. Here's even the money to change the tag up into your name. All of these things God want us to remember. Remember, these are landmarks situation. These are landmark incidents. Don't forget your testimony. Don't forget how God delivered you and set your feet on a high place where you could say, I once was there. Now I'm here. What's the difference? Jesus came and worked a miracle for me. Nobody else could do this. When you were unemployed, you were unemployable. You might've had a drug record. You might have not had enough education. You might not have gas to get there, get from uh, job to job. But somehow, God made a way. And you turn and look, and you just walked in the door and said, you know, I heard I want to get an application. Somebody said, you want a job? And you're hired on the spot. And it was enough money for you to take care of your children, pay, the, pay, your, uh, pay your rent. You can get to put gas in your car again. You might have been on your last five dollars. Let me give you a little something. How long have you been off? How long? Here, take this gas card. Somebody gave me this $10 gas card. And no, it's not much, but at least you'll get your home and here to work tomorrow for the, for the rest of the week. That's, those are the things that God does that he's already prepared for us. If we will get to our there and not only that, but we'll just feast. Don't concern yourself with the problem. Yes, the problem's there. No, you don't have the money for your rent. You don't have the money for your car. There is not enough food. You just got a food, enough food for the night. But Jesus said, don't fret yourself about for tomorrow. About tomorrow, God has fed you tonight, and he's going to feed you tomorrow. And he's going to feed you the next day. He is a supplier of all our needs. That's why he's called Jehovah Jireh, our provider. So to finish, it says that when the day was Pentecost was fully come. Second verse says, There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. 
and there appeared unto them cloven tongues, like as the fires that set upon each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. God fulfilled his words. And this was the power, the authority that Jesus spoke unto them that was coming. And now it's resident in each and every one of them. As he said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now when they spoke, they spoke with power. Now when they spoke, they spoke with authority. Now when Peter prayed, people were healed and delivered and set free. 3,000 were saved on the day of Pentecost because the Holy Spirit had come. They had more than just an, a, 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 a testimony. They had experience. They had evidence. Because God proved his word. If we only believe. Jesus said, as I close today, I am the bread of life. He that hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall be filled. But I'm going to read that John uh, 6 chapter. He says, 635, and Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. I say again, why don't you feast on Jesus, on his word, on what he said to you? Some of you have had visions and dreams and you let them float away. Believe in God. Say, Lord, you showed me this. You know, not only that, but it's been prophesied and spoken over my life. I trust you, Lord. Well, if I've fallen, Lord, if I'm short in something, if I've erred, show me. Because I'm going, I'm getting on it right back on the track. I'm getting putting my hand back to the plow. Lord, I'll feast on you. I'll read your word. I'll meditate. Help me. Help me, Jesus. The greatest prayer you could ever pray is help Jesus. Help me, I'm falling, Lord. I trust you that you, 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 you are my deliverer, you are my keeper. You are my Lord. I pray that this teaching has been a blessing to you. As we finish this teaching on feasting on Jesus, I pray that the word of God has pricked your heart, that you are begin again to get excited about your relationship with God. If you get if you get excited about your relationship, church will God will will, will feed you somehow, some way. If you're not in a Bible believing church, sometimes you have to go to to the only thing that's available. If they're not preaching against God, you may, it may not be a spirit filled church. It may be some things that are lacking there, but God will lead you. But you say, "Well, preacher, this is the only church in town." Well, maybe for the time for the time being, just go for the fellowship. Pray for the pastor. Pray for the leadership there. And say, so, Lord, don't try to correct them. Don't, because God never sends you to a church to correct it. He will correct the pastor. Only God can correct the pastor. Only God can change the church. But you go there and show love and, and, and take part in the, in, the, in the worship service and be a blessing. That's what God wants us to do, to be a blessing wherever we are, whether we're in school, with our family, on our job, Wherever we find ourselves, if we feast on Jesus, he will speak to us. He will lead and guide us into all truth. I pray for those, Lord, who are, don't know you today. I pray, Lord God, that they will just pray this prayer with me, Lord Jesus. Come into my life. Forgive me, Lord, of all of my sins. For I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. And I believe, Lord Jesus, you came to this earth to live and die for me. You shed your blood for me. Your body was broken for me. And you gave your life for me. 
And on the third day, you rose again. So even now, Lord, that you kept victory over the grave, I believe, Lord God, I have victory in my life. For I receive you as my Lord, my Savior, and my King. Oh, Lord, thank you for welcoming me into the family of God. And for those who are weak in their faith today, Lord, I pray that you remind them. As Galatians 2.20 says, that I live by the faith of the Son of God. I pray, Lord God, that that fire will be quickened with them again. That they will stir up the gift that's within them, Lord. Their hearts will be quickened, O oh Lord. And that they will once again seek the purpose that you have placed them in this earth. And why you called them. And, and that they will learn more of you. And learn their purpose as they build their relationship with you. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all things. We thank you for Jesus, for without him we are nothing. But with him, we fulfill the purpose that you called us into this world today. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen, Lord Jesus. Amen.